You're listening to Just Asking. Why do we human beings, who are obviously so sexual, have such a difficult time talking about managing this intimate part of our lives? We talk about managing our money, we manage our careers, our diets, and even our stock portfolios. Yet, when it comes right down to it, we really don't know how to talk about managing our sexuality, and certainly don't know how to talk about doing it intelligently. Hi, Jackie. Hey, Stephen. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, and I'm wondering what kind of uh, sexual topic you've got for us today. You know, I had other things planned, but with um, transgender in the news so much right now due to um, Twitter and other things, I it occurs to me that there's a lot of people who probably would like some insight into what it means to be transgender. You know, I'm really glad we're talking about that today because it is so much in the news with uh, so much that's happening politically that, um, once again, uh, there's a section of humanity whose sexuality is being used as a political football rather than just being given the respect that it deserves. So for those who don't know, uh, those who are transgender, those who are born that way, it's not a fad that they're succumbing to. It's not something cool that all the other kids are doing. It's not an excuse to peek into the ladies' restroom. So when we're talking about trans, I, I think those of us who are not trans might uh, be well served to just contemplate for a moment. Imagine being exactly who you are with the sexuality you have, whether you're, whether you're gay or straight. And imagine being born into the opposite body. And by opposite, now we're using binary terms, right? Male versus female. But if I'm, if I'm a man in every sense, in my entire being, but... I find myself in a woman's body, it probably would be upsetting. And, and there would be some dysphoria, some, some, even some depression associated with that. And the same uh, for women who are born into a man's body. It would be uncomfortable. And we would all crave some sort of fix. I know that parents go through a lot of exasperation working sometimes with their children because it seems like uh, they're going through phases that are related to uh, puberty or adolescence. But think about how confusing this would be for yourself if never having had sexual conversations with caring, loving adults, you were left on your own to figure things out and you were in the wrong body. For a minute, you might be tempted to think, oh, that you're just gay. For example, if you're a heterosexual man, but you're born into a woman's body and you find yourself attracted to women, it's going to be very tempting to think of yourself as a stereotypical gay person who's attracted to the same sex. And you can flip the genders and get to the same place. But in fact, you might not be gay at all. You might be uh, heterosexual in your orientation. And it's just that you're born in what appears to be the wrong body uh, and wrong in the sense that it doesn't correspond to your, your self-realized gender. That process takes time. Uh, I've talked to adult clients who didn't even accept that they were gay until their late 20s. And for them, it was quite a long and confusing process. Imagine if you were gay but being bo but born in the wrong body. That would be even more confusing. So we got three variables here that we're talking about. One is gender, 
and born, being born in a male or female body. And there are confusing issues with that as well we're not going to get into today. The second is orientation. He's a boy who likes boys. She's a girl who likes boys, which would be, speak to heterosexuality versus homosexuality. And then we can't forget bisexuality. And then lastly, we've also got um, the, the whole idea of identity. I identify as a male. And I might be a man who likes men, or I might be a man who likes women, but oh my God, I'm stuck in this woman's body that I don't really want to be stuck in. And then we're having, uh, and, the, and we're, we're still struggling with the language that here, because it's a little bit, for those who are old enough to remember, it's a little bit like finding the right language to discuss race, which was another forbidden topic for a long time. And we went from African-American to uh, Afro-American to black and Negro and all of these other terms that we struggle with until we find something we're comfortable with. And with um, transgender, we're still struggling to find the right language that feels most respectful, most comfortable. And, and we're all going to make mistakes along the way, which are totally forgivable so long as our desire is to be respectful and to truly understand one another. Well, so on that topic, so um, so a, a man who likes to wear dresses or women's underwear in the privacy of his own home, one's assuming. I thought we weren't going to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not necessarily transgender. That's correct. Correct. That that there. In fact, it's not necessarily any one other thing. It could be. I'm a man who uh, likes to cross-dress, but that's it. It stops at cross-dressing, and I still like sex with women. I prefer sex with women. It's just that I like that silky fabric against my skin, and it's very comforting. Really, who wouldn't? <laughs> and I could also be uh, an individual who's got a fetish arousal to women's clothing, and, and that's that's more about arousal patterns than it is anything else. So... There are different reasons why we do what we do, and that's why it's so important to keep our wits about us, to go slow, and to kind of keep the doors of our understanding open so that we can be communicating with each other. Where, you know, at the bottom of all these conversations about sex, Jackie, I have to say, I have an article of faith, and that is, and I invite everybody who's listening to this to consider whether they too could jump on board with this. And that article of faith would be, that the truth is our friend. It really doesn't matter what the truth is, but the truth is our friend in the sense that without the truth, we are not going to be able to solve any of life's problems. We're not going to be able to respond appropriately to any situation unless we have accurate data that reflects the reality of what's going on around us. So, I, no, I'm totally on board with that, but let's go back to perception for a moment since that's what we're dealing with now. So there is a perception, and, and I am, I'm hurting right now at the idea of the pain that this must be for people to have to go through this, um, but there's this idea that transgender people are somehow dangerous, that we, we mustn't allow them in, in the restroom, that we, we can't allow them to serve in the military. Um, where, where does that come from? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm disturbed by that trend as well. It's not as though being born transgender 
uh, it comes with the gene for serial killing or, or any other kind of act of violence. In fact, trans in the, uh, transgender soldiers have served in the military, including on uh, uh, SEAL teams. Uh, they have served honorably. Um, they, they have at, at times married and had children and, and then come out as trans. Uh, trans people are just people at the end of the day. And, but for the grace of God, there go I. It could have been uh, me who was born in a body that, that really doesn't align with my perceived uh, gender. And it could have been anybody listening to this. So think of the real, the, the tragedy to me is not being born trans. The tragedy is being so utterly misunderstood and ostracized and feared that no one can draw near enough to give us compassion and understanding. That, that for me, would be the worst part of being trans. Transits, being trans itself has its own issues, just like everybody has their own issues. Um, but to be cut off from humanity or to be treated as if being trans is a, uh, a, a moral issue and to be assigned a moral diagnosis that I'm just wrong and I'm wrong for thinking the way I think, I'm wrong for feeling the way I feel. That's what I think is unforgivable in our culture right now. So sorting this out, it's really not a big deal um, because trans individuals uh, exist. It's a fact of life and it occurs with some very predictable regularity. It's always been this way from the beginning of time. It's just that we haven't always had the language to describe uh, what's going on inside of each one of us. And now we, nowadays we do. And we also have the medical procedures to try to correct this. You know, in, in eons past, people could be born blind and there was nothing that we could do about it or deaf or uh, lame. And now we have corrective surgeries for many of these conditions. And I suppose in the future, we'll even have genetic um, therapies to, to help people maybe grow eyes where none existed before. And I, I think we'll, we'll eventually find ourselves in that same sense of enlightenment when it comes to looking at trans individuals and uh, they'll be able to take uh, their reassignment surgery, we used to call it corrective surgery, um, they'll be able to take their whatever intervention to as far as they wanna go. And what this has, the gift this has for all the rest of us is to think about gender orientation and identity as, as a more fluid concept that can change over time. And this really corresponds to the experience that all of us have. We all change over time. We may change within a more narrow band. You know, if I may always, if it's true that I always identify as male, uh, it may be uh, equally true that one year I might be attracted to women of a certain type and 10 years later I'm attracted to a completely different kind of woman with a completely different sort of uh, way of relating to women. And there's nothing odd about that or strange about that. People evolve, people change all the time. So when we talk about trans, I, you know, I just, uh, what, what's stunning to me is the level of judgment that is laid on people who are trans and the um, hostility. And I think that comes out of fear. Well, yeah. and I think it's it goes back to what you don't understand. You're, you, we're afraid of what we don't understand. And um, this is 
this group is probably the last one of the last groups that people still feel comfortable maligning. Right. Well, right. it's 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 safe because you don't know anybody who's trans, which obviously you do, but you you probably do. We're still on a tipping point, aren't we, as a culture? Um, and I understand this, and I can forgive all of us in the human race for being a bit confused at this time because we've been busy the last hundred thousand years, very busy surviving, fighting our wars, taming continents, uh, fighting off lions, tigers, and bears, and all the rest. And it's taken us some time to get to the point in human history where we have the luxury of trying to sort out what in the heck is going on inside of me uh, and to answer questions like, well, how can I be happy? You know, the whole idea of being happy is, is a rather um, luxurious sort of question to, to engage in. And it's something that our, even my grandparents really didn't consider. That was not a question in their lifetime to ask themselves whether or not they were really happy in the situation. And now we're there. But in this tipping point in our culture, we're still wondering and, and I think reevaluating whether or not we should have equal rights between genders. We're still wondering if uh, we've made a mistake with allowing marriage equality. Uh, should we allow gay people to serve in the military? Well, what about women in the military? Maybe we ought to roll that one back too. And, and there are millions of people in the United States today in 2017 who are still uh, very much against those changes. And then trans comes along and those that people in the, the group who are confused already and who are scared at the pace of change are throwing their arms up even higher and saying, what the hell are you guys talking about? Too much. Too <laughs> much change. Make this, it stop. This is too weird. I can't handle it. And, you know... I think if we could all remember to have compassion on those people, they're not monsters. They're not, they may seem like they're just full of hate and perhaps they are full of hate, but even that hate ultimately is about fear. And that fear comes from ignorance and not really understanding what's going on. It's like, it'd be like hating our own children after we catch them masturbating and thinking that there's something really wrong with them for masturbating, even forgetting, oh yeah, we used to do that too when we were their age, even if we've, we don't do it anymore. Or <laughs> even if we do it now, they shouldn't be doing it because it's bad enough that we do it. We don't want our children to end up like us. So we have so much confusion about human sexuality, and that comes from really a lack of conversation, not about how to do it or what positions to use, but we're trying to figure out who we are, what does this mean? How can we have happy lives no matter what body we're born into, what is our orientation, and what gender we align with? So I think the more conversations we have about all this stuff, the healthier we're all going to be. So really, I mean, what it comes down to is we're all people. We all have our own things to deal with. Um, some obviously a lot more than others. And if we can just appreciate the diversity, appreciate the differences among us and, and going back to what we've talked about before, being respectful to one another. Yeah, as long as we're not including the Irish or Methodists. <laughs> I, 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 Methodists are a sick people, and I, I, I don't think we want to include them in that. But yeah, as a general rule... He's uh, obviously kidding. But we want to keep... <laughs> I'm not kidding about Methodists. <laughs> No, I, I really, I, I think that, you know, just as there were times in human history where Catholics and Protestants couldn't kill each other fast enough, 
And now we look back on those times as barbaric and, and insane. I think we, in the same sense in the future, will be looking back on this time where we didn't understand who we were sexually and how much of this is, is changing and how much of it is unchangeable in any given moment. We simply are who we are. And, and coming to grips with reality is a sign of a very healthy person. And being unable to accept reality is a sign not only of mental illness, but it necessitates further mental illness to make sure we don't accept reality. So when it comes to sexuality, we just need to relax and, uh, again, make friends with the truth because the truth is our friend. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, we will back on our, our regular scheduled topics next time. But if you have any questions for Stephen, please tweet him at Stephen Ng MFT. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a production by Ng Intellectual in cooperation with Estepona Group. Interview by Jackie Shelton. Music produced by Octophonics. Editing by Lucas Pichelli. To listen to more episodes, visit StephenNg.com.